Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 298. Got a fun show lined up for you this week. In our warm-up segment, we're going to shake up the order just a little bit. We're going to have our Did You Know, City of the Week, Player of the Week, Equipment Tip of the Week, our Listener Question, and Pages Power Play. In our lead-off segment, we're going to talk about the new NCAA proposal to allow schools to actually start paying athletes and what that means and, and some different things that we like and don't like about it. In our continuing discussion about uh, what some of these NCAA recruiting terms really mean, we're going to talk about the quiet period today. And then we're going to do a little something extra in uh, Action Coach, our coaching tip of the week, sort of a, a little add a baby that kind of reminds us why we should really enjoy being coaches in the first place. So before we get into all that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And again, use that EFP20 discount, folks. It's going to save you that additional 20% and also support the podcast. Speaking of supporting the podcast, if you are in a position where you can, we would love for you to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We're talking about $5, 10 or $20 a month. That little bit of help goes a long way. We want to say thank you very much to our patrons and to say thank you to them for the 300th episode. We're going to be doing some patron giveaways and uh, giving away some uh, square cuts training discs and some t-shirts and some other fun stuff. Uh, but we definitely want to say thank you to all of our patrons. And if you're in a position where you can, please make sure you come on board and become a patron. Also, Don, let's talk about Magic Mind. I know we've been talking about it now for a month or so. Um, I'm just really enjoying what it's doing for me. Um, it uh, gets my day up and running off to a much better start. Um, I'm uh, taking in a whole lot less caffeine because I think the magic mind is kind of getting me rolling. It tastes pretty good too. Yeah. And so to me, you know, I think uh, magic mind is one of those tools that you can use uh, to get your day off to a good start, uh, to be sharper throughout the course of the day, and then also uh, feel like you're getting more stuff done. If you're interested in magic mind, go to their website www.magicmind.com slash fastpitch, and you can use the fastpitch20 discount code. That's going to save you on a one-time purchase or if you sign up for the subscription. And again, Magic Mind has really been a big gain for me and something I'm really excited to be talking about here on the podcast. So, Don, let's talk about our warm-up segment. Bittinger and Styles DDS sponsors the warm-up segment. They are located in Webster, Mass. If you're in that part of the country, you have any dental needs at all, Check out the folks at Bittinger and Styles. They're longtime supporters of this podcast, and they'll take really good care of you. So did you know, Don, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the podcast, Coach Scott Whitlock, is going to be inducted into the A-Sun Hall of Fame? That's awesome. I know uh, he does so much even behind the scenes for the school and for the programs, and it's neat when uh, they take time to recognize that. For Scott, this is uh, certainly not his first or probably his last Hall of Fame recognition you know obviously somebody that was a you know very successful coach but honestly i think as you said has made a, a bigger impact in in some ways as an administrator as a supporter of coaches on the speaking circuit sharing his message and 
helping to grow the game of fast pitch softball. And, you know, Scott's just uh, somebody that uh, we, we both love and respect and wanted to shout him out in our Did You Know. Congratulations to Scott Whitlock for your induction into the A-Sun Hall of Fame. So our city of the week this week, Don, is someplace I'm kind of familiar with, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. You got to love it, Tori. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've spent the first about 35-ish years of my life living in the greater Milwaukee area. Uh, it's a great place to live. You know, the community is is super supportive of their sports. It's an area where fast-pitch softball has really grown. You know, we, we talk a lot about the hotbeds and the not hotbeds and how weather inf- influences whether or not you know, areas are going to have a lot of success in the in the fast pitch world, uh, but uh, we're seeing a lot of growth in in Milwaukee and a lot of people that uh, really care about the game. You know, I think that hopefully some of the people that are listening are people that um, have some connection to us from the past. Uh, it's also you know exciting to see the numbers jumping in a big city, and you know, Milwaukee obviously is a place that's near and dear to me. You know, we we had some fun memories on our trip to. Uh, Wisconsin, when uh, you and Scott yep. uh, came up to go to the Packer game. and Green uh, Bay, all the way. It, it, a fun opportunity. So It was a little cold then, Tori. Uh, yeah. You get, get used to talking about cold. It, it was a little cold. Wisconsin, for yeah. sure. So, but uh, congratulations, Milwaukee. You're the city of the week. Our player of the week this week is Alexa Brown. Alexa was nominated by her coach because uh, she had a really strong South Dakota State tournament earlier this cool. year. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, must have been a little bit earlier in the year, because uh, I don't think they're playing much softball in South Dakota right now. No, not uh, as much. But Alexa's was recognized as a 12-and-under All-American pitcher by USA Softball, um, helped her team really have a successful uh, run through that state tournament. She pitched nine games and uh, obviously had a really action-packed weekend. And again, as uh, many of the players we talk about, another one of those kids that loves the game, works really hard, is really passionate about it, um, has committed herself to becoming the very best player she can be. And to me, you know, Alexa is a perfect example of the kind of player we want to recognize. So if you have somebody in your life that you want to recognize as player of the week, just uh, send us an email. It's really simple. Either everything fastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. When you do that, uh, you know, a couple of sentences it does not need to be the life story. doesn't need to be all the stats, just what it is about that player that you want to single out that you think is worthy of recognition. And coach Don and I would be happy to keep recognizing players. I think the player of the week is one of the best things that we do. And we want to make sure that we keep recognizing players. So we want you to keep the nominations rolling. We've been on a really good stretch, but now that we're into the holidays and I think, you know, stuff kind of falls onto the back burner a little bit. Uh, we want to make sure that people are still thinking about those players that are worthy of recognition. Again, send that nomination to everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Don, equipment tip of the week. Let's talk about the Square Cuts training disc. Tori, as always, they, uh, they're something we use here at the Cages. They're a product that's uh, comfortable to use with your expensive bats, and they give you feedback that you don't get from hitting a regular ball. Yeah, for sure. And so they're very easy to get. You go to the fastpitchprep.com website. They're $49.95 a dozen. Uh, in our YouTube channel, uh, there's a couple of short videos that kind of give you the quick intro into how to use the square cuts training discs for a, for a hitting tool. Um, to me, it's a, a no-brainer. It's something that's great for every player to have in their individual training tools, but also something for every team to have. So you can have one more fun station to set up and in uh, a way for players to get something out of practice that they might not otherwise get. So again, the fastpitchprep.com website, $49.95 a dozen, get them ordered up and we'll get them shipped out to you right away. So our listener question, Don, is sponsored by Magic Mind. You know, we mentioned them in the intro. I want to make sure that uh, you support Magic Mind. 
what it's going to do for you is going to be something you're going to really appreciate. It's going to make you sharper and, and, and make for a better day for you every day that you, you use it. Go to their website, www.magicmind.com slash fastpitch and order up uh, using that fastpitch20 discount code. It's going to save you that money on your subscription and or an individual purchase. So the listener question this week, Don, comes to us from Anthony. And Anthony wants to know positives or negatives of group versus individual lessons. And it's something I thought was an interesting one for us to talk about because we both have experience in doing both of those options. So um, strengths and weaknesses of individual versus group lessons. Well, Tori, for us here, when we do our uh, group sessions, we'll have kids that come and train for an hour. A lot of times when we do the individual stuff, we'll do 30 minutes or hour sessions. But typically for me, the the private session is a 30-minute session. Um, I think both have advantages because, you know, in that 30-minute session, we would guess just dig in with, uh, with that particular student on the things that uh, we see that they want to try and enhance or make better. And, uh, you know, they're getting our undivided attention. Whereas in a, an hour session, you know, in theory, you're getting 15 minutes worth of individual attention, but you're also getting a little bit more time to develop your skills, uh, you know, in that extra time that's available um, with all the stations. So I think both have a, have a place for, right. for a person's training, but the hour session, I think, might be in a group setting, the more economical one. You know, the, the worst part of, of doing lessons for me, Tori, is even asking for money. But that keeps the lights on, that keeps, you know, that pays the rent, that, you know, does all those things from insurance to buying more equipment, you know, because yeah. we tear up equipment. But, um, you know, so that's the worst part to me is, is even asking for, uh, you know, for fees. But, you know, I think that, that both are, are, are good. It kind of depends on, you know, where an athlete's at and, you know, what they're needing at that point in time. and sometimes. They need someone there keeping their attention. Right. You know, but, and, uh, but I, think, I think both are good. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that you touched on is that depending upon each player and each situation, I think that either can be really strong. To me, the individual lesson is, is in some ways very productive for players that are capable of really locking in and focusing and, and paying attention. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, there's less distractions, so if they're capable of you know keeping their focus and, and and staying on task, you know that that 30 minutes can be super productive for that individual player. The flip side of it is because it's just that player and an instructor that sometimes I think it gets to be challenging for some players to keep their intensity level up and their focus high enough level for up. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in a group lesson, you're going to have a little bit of camaraderie you're going to have a little bit of you know laughing and stuff that goes on as as the lessons unfold you're going to kind of have you know friends ish kinds of relationships with other players People that maybe that you, you see meet week once after a week, week. Yeah. so i think there's a, a lot of reasons why the group lesson can also be productive um, i think the biggest challenge is uh, from a parent standpoint i think you know anthony's question was really because he's trying to figure out what's the best approach for him and his sure. daughter is to look at where your player is in her development if uh you know, she's a relatively inexperienced player and just getting a lot of reps and uh, a little bit of instruction would be good. Then, you know, then the group lesson is definitely a, a strong option. If, you know, she's a little bit more advanced maybe or, you know, a little bit more you know, mature, you know, maybe she gets a little bit more out of that individual locked in, you know, really intense session with a one-on-one -on -one coaching opportunity. And so to me, whether it's a strength or a weakness, a lot depends on the 
player involved and making sure that uh, their strengths match up with what they're going to get out of those different types of lessons. You know, to me, um, I love working with kids that are really highly motivated into it and into it. it. And for them, you know, the 30 minute lesson just flies right by, you know, that individual lessons, like some kids, I look down at my watch and like, we've been going at it now for 20, 25 minutes. It's almost time for them to be wrapping it up and we're, you know, still, you know, just chopping it up and, and, and really working hard on some things. And so, you know, Anthony, to answer your question, we haven't really answered it, but uh, I think we want you to you know, take a look at where your daughter's at in her development. Try to think about, you know, if she's looking for something a little bit more social, something that's going to have a little bit more camaraderie involved with it, then a group lesson definitely is going to fit that bill. If she's doing the individual lesson, making sure that she's, you know, working with somebody that matches up with her personality and that, you know, is going to be able to make that 30 minutes as productive and, and useful as possible. So I'll throw another suggestion out there for us, Tori, is that uh, in the very beginning, I think, especially for new players, it's kind of nice to have a couple of private sessions where you can get comfortable, you can understand the the concepts of the drills and what's, you know, what, what we're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, those individual sessions will make a group session a lot more comfortable for them if they're up to speed on, on what, you know, how it flows, how things go and, and what they should be expecting. But the group sessions are nice too for some of the young ones because they'll see a high school player or even a college player sometimes with us that uh, is back and they'll see them doing their, their workouts and, and that they're doing very similar workout right. to what the, the older kids are doing. And that can be encouraging and fun. And, but, you know, maybe in the beginning, a couple of private sessions just to, to create some comfort and answer questions and things right. like that, that might not happen in a group session. When I have a perfect example, I think that kind of ties into what you're saying. A, a young player that I'm working with, she's, uh, uh, when she came to me for her first lesson, she'd never even held a bat before. You know, it was one of those kind of unusual situations where she had friends at school that played softball, close friends and really wanted to get involved in the game. And mom and dad thought, well, if she's going to get started, you know, we need to get her, you know, get her some, some instruction. Help. Yeah. You know, she's been with it now and, and working hard at it for a while. But for her, needing to, I guess, basically start from square Built from one, the bottom up. Yeah. She, she needed that individual time because then there was no pressure to keep everybody else moving or to keep working at the pace that other people were working at. You know, we could go back and review as many times as we needed to. We could go back to the most fundamental pieces again and again if we needed to. And in a, you know, a team-type setting, a group-type setting, sometimes I don't think you feel comfortable. You know, if you're that player that really needs extra help, I think you feel a little bit bad, like you're taking mm-hmm. away from other people. So to me, I think it's, uh, again, it's going to be a person-by-person uh, situation, but I think both have uh, a lot of strengths. The best thing I can say is you know, getting help for your player from, with someone who knows something about the game that has the knowledge and the expertise, I think it's always going to pay dividends. Um, and so you know, having different options, I think, is always a good idea. Yeah, and then the, the group thing too, Tori, reps, you're getting more cut. Yeah. And if they're productive cuts, then we're moving in a good direction. Practice time is part of the whole idea, you know, that, that it's getting kids to, to spend some time doing some work. All right, so Don, that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here, and I just wanted to share a little bit about why I believe that creating a vision board and reflecting on our past year can create so much success. And this is definitely how you can get your athlete more success this year as well. I can't believe that every year when I go to reflect on my previous year, 
I go back and I look at the goals that I set and I highlight the ones that I've accomplished and I leave the ones that I didn't. And I'm always so surprised by how many that I accomplished. And I don't get frustrated about the ones that aren't highlighted because it helps me learn where I need to get better for the upcoming year. And I, I know personally and understand and have learned that even though I, I don't accomplish something in a year, I know that it's going to happen, but it just wasn't the timing of this year yet. Anyway, besides the fact that it feels so good to see all of those highlighted accomplished goals that I set, I found that when I actually think about and write down my goals for the new year, they're more likely to get done. And even if I don't look at those goals every single day, I still make major progress because I set that intention from the start. There is so much power in setting intentional goals for the new year. And I would love for your daughter to come do it with me at my vision board workshop inside the confident athlete. And then part two, we're going to be actually setting goals and making our boards on Monday and Tuesday of January 8th and 9th on a Zoom call. But remember, this is part of the confident athlete program. So if you've been on the fence or you've been wanting to join and just haven't made that leap yet, now's the time. This would be an amazing start to your daughter's 2024, and she will walk away from this workshop feeling motivated, excited for 2024, knowing exactly what she wants to go after, and most importantly, being confident in herself and having the tools to be confident in herself throughout the entire year. So I can't wait to see your athlete and help her start the new year off right. Enroll in The Confident Athlete on my website, pagechallenge.com backslash The Confident Athlete. Or if you have any questions, want to reach out, please do that. I would love to chat with you and talk further and learn more about your daughter. So have an amazing rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. I know I talk about Paige every week, folks, but make sure you go to her website, pagetons.com. Check out all of her programs. A lot of great stuff there and stuff that I strongly, strongly recommend. So our lead-off segment, Don, is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite's located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at EliteSportsOrders at Yahoo.com. Bats, balls, gloves, uniforms, whatever you need. The folks at Elite are happy to ship anywhere in the country. So we've been talking a lot, Don, about NCAA softball for as long as we've been doing this podcast. Of course, We're both yeah. big fans of college game. You know, the, the college game is important because so many of the people that listen to this podcast have players that are dreaming of playing in college, and, you know, that's a big motivation for them. Well, uh, very recently, NCAA President Charles Baker proposed the creation of a new subdivision in uh, college athletics, Division One that would permit schools to directly pay players. So basically not quite making them full-time employees, but basically, you know, setting up a system where the school itself is the one making Funding. sure that, and, and making sure that the players are actually getting paid. You know, right now in the current NIL system, players are making deals, but they're not making deals with the school. They're making deals with, you know, the local car dealership or, you know, a collective of boosters or whoever it might be. And, to me, this uh, proposal is something that's been kind of knocked around and talked about in different ways, different uh, manners, because what basically what he, President Baker is suggesting is that this would not be required, it would not be mandatory, it's just going to create a separate... An avenue for them to... Right, and basically a way for 
the biggest, most financially solid, more well-funded schools to basically create their own group so that they can kind of be competing against each other, playing with the same rule book, you know, pay, playing with the same agenda versus the NCAA model now, which has, you know, basically, you know, Tennessee and Tennessee Tech and Tennessee State all competing for the same championships. It's wild. Yeah. The idea that, you know, a school with a $10 million budget is supposed to be competing with a school with a $300 million budget in the days that we're in now, it's just kind of crazy. So this I, idea I was is... say, times are changing, Tori, yeah. and it's just getting challenging to try and even figure out how it's going to impact it because it's so fresh and new. But Right. One, and things have changed so much even in the last couple of years, With but it's all basically driven by the same thing, which I think is what Baker is kind of getting to, that the money is so big that the schools that um, want to compete at the highest possible level, that their financial commitment is so great that if there's a way for those schools to kind of separate themselves out and be able to do their own thing, competing against each other, kind of, I guess, leveling the playing field a little bit. So you would have Amongst one, them. right. You would have one group of super schools, you know, basically professional college athletics, and then another level of schools a little bit below them that are not willing to, or in a position where they can afford to take on the financial put, put commitment them on that payroll. we're talking about. And to me, that's where I think we're headed anyhow, you know, with all this realignment stuff with the, you know, now basically four conferences. gigantic conferences yeah. and, you know, there's you know, talk now that, uh, you know, schools are trying to get out of the ACC to join the SEC and the big 10, because that's still where the big, big money is. And, you know, Florida state and Clemson and you know North Carolina and some of these schools are looking at, you know, making a the move. SEC maybe. Yeah. Um, and so we start to add all that up. It, it's so clearly driven by the, the by the dollars involved that one level it makes sense from a traditional, you know, classical. What I've always loved about college athletics perspective, I hate almost everything that they're doing. I hate almost everything about NIL and transfer portal and paying the players. Not because I, I'm happy for the players to get paid. I'm happy for the players to be you know, getting a piece of the pie that they're creating. But I'm also not happy about what it means for the traditional way we grew up thinking about college athletics, and uh, absolutely, and and that's definitely changing. So, but so the a couple of things in that proposal, though, that I don't th I don't think everybody's processing. Number one is if they choose to create this division, that the funding for male sports and female sports is going to have to be equal. Right. And to me, that's the first real stumbling block because, you know, basically we're talking now that, you know, we're in a day and an age now where star quarterbacks are transferring and getting paid millions of dollars to transfer. School A to school B. Right. And, yeah. I don't remember the name of the coach, but one of the coaches was on one of the shows the other day talking about how they were trying to find a transfer quarterback, but they couldn't find anybody to give the NIL money to get the $2 million together they needed to get him. Texas or something. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. And one so, of those. so to me, you know, I think that's kind of the thing that, you know, when you think about it that way, that it puts the whole thing into kind of perspective that it's become so financially driven, just totally changed the way we think about college athletics. But so the idea that, you know, we've got a $2 million quarterback, well, who on the softball team or the soccer team or the women's basketball team are they going to determine is worth two million dollars a year or and can then, they or can they spread that out amongst well other athletes yeah or? but how how let's so let's say you're 
paying your football team, let's say $20 million total. We'll just right. use that because it's a nice round number. Right. Yeah. So somewhere in all your women's sports, you have to find a booster or, or a business or somebody who's willing to support the women's sports to that same level. Maybe it's the same people and that's just the cost of getting the quarterback. Right. Or, <laughs> or you only get half of it. Right. Because half has to go to the rest. Or or, yeah. I, or I can tell you a story that I lived through personally when I was coaching at a certain school. I won't say the school or the business because I don't want to right. embarrass anybody. But a very large business was very strongly supporting our baseball program and had invested quite a bit of money in, in the baseball program. And uh, there was a Title IX investigation, and the Title IX investigation you know, started talking about you know money that was being spent. And basically... That same business came back a couple of years later and wanted to invest more money in the baseball program. And our administration had to tell the CEO, president of that, of that company tell them no. that we would love to have your donation, but we have to match whatever we give to the male sports by giving the same amount to a female sport. Now it didn't have to be softball. It could have been soccer. It could have been sure. volleyball. Sure. It could have been spread out over all the women's Multiple. sports. Multiple. Yep. And that CEO's answer was pretty straightforward. It's like, well, I'll burn my money before I'll give it to women's sports. Unfortunately. And now that was 15 years ago. So do people still feel that same way? Probably some. And let's say you're a super successful businessman who wants to support the football program at School X. And they tell you, well, that's great. But you know, if, if you give $20 million, we got to take half of that and give it to the women's sports. What if that guy's like, ah, no, I'm not doing that. Well, that's where I guess the, the real big schools have to work some magic. They got to figure that part out because you hate to tell a, a potential donor, we're not going to be able to utilize your money because we can't match it or whatever. We've got to figure that part out. And, but it does make it tricky, Tori. And all this stuff has got to be kind of mapped out and figured out because like you said, it's neat that the kids are realizing some of the, the profits that they're generating through their competition, through their popularity and all those things. And again, it's just got to be managed well, and it's not going to be fair. There's no way that it can be fair anymore. Right. For, well, and, and to me, I, I think fair is one of those crazy words that uh, is, is hard to apply yeah. in, in, in the world anymore. You know, so that was one part of the proposal that the male and female financial commitment has to be the same to be part of this you know, special super group. Again, schools can choose. So basically, and we've talked a lot about with uh, the realignment, how we're headed towards a couple of gigantic super conferences. I think this is the next step in that line. From what we've already seen, it probably will be 20-some, 30-some teams You know, that are pretty much the, the SEC and Big Ten teams that we're talking about now. There'll be a few from you know the Big 12, a few from uh, the uh, ACC probably. But... Maybe this uh, separate group's going to be 30, 40, 50 schools, and they'll be you know, super well-funded. They'll be spending millions and millions of dollars. They'll be paying their players. And if it all goes the way that it sounds like it's supposed to, they'll be ev evenly splitting that money between the men and the women. Tori, it's going to be so strange. This is, yeah, I just think it's interesting times. NCAA used to be where all the athletes had to pass classes, had to pass a certain number of, credits each quarter or semester right. and all this stuff. But with this kind of money involved, are teachers really going to flunk an athlete out that's making a few million dollars right. to be there to represent the school? Well, there's a whole they're, other layer to it. Yeah, now. they're, they're not going to. And 
an athlete that expects to go play in pro ball in any sport, baseball, basketball, football, how strong is their effort to be educated, to learn, you know, these things that you're supposed to go to university for? Are they really going to put forth a strong effort thinking that they're moving on to be a pro athlete? They could get hurt their senior year and never play a pro sport, but they've wasted four years of college going and representing a school being paid to do it. Maybe it's where they're promised four years of tuition fees, books, room board, you know, all these things down the road when they finish, they might go and play in the NFL for two years or pro whatever for two years and then, you know, have an injury that makes it them unable to play anymore. Then you go back and you really put your effort into that four years of school and get educated and go on and, and have a career doing something else. Yeah, we'll see. But here, here's, here's my take on it. I don't think any of that stuff will happen anymore because there's no motivation for these schools to really care about what happens to you after your career is done because we've already paid you. Sure. You, you made $3 million being our quarterback. If you're not smart enough to use that money... <laughs> and set yourself up for life, you know, that's... And, and that might not be the, the million-dollar guy, but that might be the one that's, you know, making a very modest college right. <laughs> salary, right. right? Yeah. But I still, I think there's going to be some of that yeah. that sentiment. And, and, you know, how it will impact academics. We already have plenty of stories of, you know, star basketball player that, you know, five minutes after they finish the NCAA tournament drops out of school because they're going to start getting ready for the NBA draft. Well, I have stories about you know the quarterback who won't play in the bowl game because he's afraid that it's gonna you know that he might get injured, injured. and it's gonna hurt his NFL status opportunity. Uh, yeah. Well, but now it's changed because now we have players that could go to the NFL deciding to come back for one more year of college because they're making so much money in NIL money that it's probably more lucrative for them to, to stay be a in college, college player. One more yeah. Year. Well, so, there's going to be tons of athletes I think that make more in college than they get in their in their initial jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I for mean, sure. it's a pay cut yeah. to leave college. Yeah. 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 They'll wish that. Uh, well, that'll be the next thing. We won't have uh, uh, only four years to play. We'll have uh, free agency. We'll have 35 year old college seniors that uh, never want to leave because they can't make more money in the real world than they're making being college kids. And Tori, for I think for our listeners too, you know, I we make mention of football or basketball and other sports, but I think uh, just like the television piece of it, it's all going to trickle back to softball. It's going to be that way, I think, in softball too at right. some point. Well, no, it's it's going to take a little while. When, uh, it's already kind of going in that direction because a lot of the schools yep. with NIL deals have players making real money. You know, one yep. of the things, you know, And it's going to be more and more. Right. Yep. Well, one of the sidebar things to this, you know, we, we've talked a lot about supporting the women's professional efforts and trying to make sure that we get a, a, a viable women's professional fast pitch league so that uh, you know, the players can have something to do after their college careers are done. Well, I think what's ultimately appearing on the horizon now is that the real professional softball opportunity for these players is going to be while they're in college. Right. Yeah. Well, that's their, yeah. Yeah, that's so their chance. There were some numbers thrown around about a couple of the star players at Oklahoma last year that were making in the eighty dollars to $100,000 a year range in NIL deals. Now, that's just supposition. I don't have any proof or, you know, that's just speculation. You know, just the, the word on the street. There's uh, no way in, in God's green earth they're going to make that kind of money being a quote-unquote professional softball player just yet. So if they can stay in college and make five or six figures being For a, pro- a, few years, a, a yeah. quote-unquote college player, more power to them. But I think that this obviously, if this new division becomes reality and players are getting paid, that we're going to see that 
professionalism and the professional league for these players is going to be the three or four years that they're playing in college. And then hopefully at some point in time, real professional leagues, you know, are strong enough that it is a real opportunity. Again, it's, it's to me, the traditional part of my thinking is kind of heartbroken to see college athletics the way I grew up loving it is changing so much and, and kind of dying on the vine, in my opinion. But for the players involved and the schools that are, are going to benefit from it, obviously there's a lot of reasons why that this could be a real a real positive for them. It's keep, interesting time yeah, story. Yeah, keep, yeah. Keep, keep your eyes on the uh, uh, sports talk shows and, and uh, the social media posts because there's going to be a lot more coming out in the future. And then start to think about which division is your school going to be in and is somehow... Let's say your school chooses to not go the we're going to pay our players route. They're in the you know so this new division that's going to be our major leagues. And you know, we've talked about the major leagues, uh, minor leagues idea. Are you still going to want to support your team just as much if they're playing for the minor league championship versus the the, big big, league the bigger one? Interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see. So um, Don, that's going to take us to this week's cleanup topic. It's sponsored by Pinnacle Power Products. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. So make sure you take advantage of that EFP10 discount. It's going to save you that additional 10% on your order. So Don, we've been spending some time talking about recruiting stuff because we want to make sure that uh, we uh, continue to share knowledge and information with our with our listeners because we know a lot of them have kids that are interested in in getting recruited and and playing in college and all that kind of good stuff. And so we've been talking about some of these recruiting terms to make sure that everybody understands what they mean. And so one of the ones that I've always thought was most confusing is what's called the quiet period. So if I say quiet to you, what do you think that would mean a college coach can do? Well, it sounds kind of like uh, we're not allowed to say anything or do anything. Right. Or it has to be quiet, just yeah. like teacher comes in and says, everybody quiet. Yeah, and, and a yeah. hush falls over yeah. the crowd, except for the couple of troublemakers like you and me back in the back row <laughs> trying giggling to away. Giggling, giggling yeah. something. And, and this is why I think this discussion is so important. So we talked about the shutdown period a couple weeks ago, and that is basically what I th- would have always thought the quiet kind of, period meant. Right. You know, well, the quiet period really means it's a period of time when it is permissible to make in-person recruiting contacts only on the member institution's campus. No in-person, off-campus recruiting contacts or evaluations can be made during a quiet period. So a quiet period, Tori, I guess. So you can come and visit the school. They can yeah, you're getting, talk scholarship, everything, opportunity. Everything can happen, but it can only happen on, on campus. campus. So what does that mean? Here's why I think it all gets so confusing. So during a quiet period, we can still call or text. Right. But nothing sounds too quiet about that. Nope. I can still send emails. You can still make an official or an unofficial visit. We can have in-person contact and discussions on campus. You can come on campus and, and be part of a evaluation event. And you can uh, you know, be on campus and go to events, like uh, you know, go to a football game or a basketball game during a quiet period. Any kind of recruiting right. activity. But 
What cannot happen during a quiet period is off-campus camps or events. So the same coach that might be doing a you know an event on their campus cannot leave Attend. on Saturday and go to Sunday to do a, an event someplace else. There can be no off-campus evaluation, so showcases and stuff like yep. that. Yep. Um, and there can be no in-person contact off-campus, so no conversation. Home visit. At all. Or, right. Yeah. And so, again, this is one of those things why I thought this was a important conversation is, you know, when I hear quiet period or dead period or evaluation period, they to all me, what sound they, like a shutdown. Yeah. And what yeah. they all sound like and what they all really are are two completely different things. So again, during a quiet period, you can call text, you can email, you can go on campus. When you're on campus, you can do anything that you want and have any kind of contact with the so college coach. Feel free to reach out to them. Right. right. But off campus is completely off limits. And so you know, what should a player be doing? So we know it's a quiet period coming up. And so we know, you know, that, uh, you know, the college coaches aren't going to be coming to watch us play. Let's say it's a school that you're really interested in. They're not doing any kind of events or anything for, for you to participate in. Well, so then, you know, you should then, you know, you can still be emailing, you can still be sending information, you can still be sending videos, you can still be doing all that stuff to make sure that you keep the momentum up. So the fact that you can't, you know, have contact off campus from a player's perspective, a parent's perspective of a, of a potential student athlete, we still got plenty of work that we can be doing. It's just not going to entail, you know, any kind of face-to-face -face opportunities off campus. And Tori, for these uh, different terms, is it usually a week-long quiet period? It, it, they vary from different times like of the year. Like during the World Series. Yeah, and... well, there's, there's stuff that's attached to specific holidays. There's stuff that's attached to the signing periods during, you know, for the scholarship signing periods. Right. There's stuff that's attached to the Women's College World Series. And so they're all different in different lengths. And they, you know, they basically... As they change. Right. Calendar for the NCAA recruiting calendar is pretty straightforward, but it doesn't explain what each of these means. You just look at it and says, you know, let, let, you know and well, this, these are that, not the right dates. I'm just throwing this out. So December 1st to December 10th is an evaluation period. So December 11th to December 15th is a quiet period. December 15th to December 31st is a, is a shutdown period or whatever it might be. But as you're describing these, that allows our listeners to know, hey, I can call them during a quiet period. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, because if you're saying quiet period to me, that would mean well, no, con no communication. Sounds like. If you say dead period, that would mean absolutely nothing. Like I gotta, you know, curl up in, in my don't even think about yeah, it in my house and do nothing at all. And so there's a few more of these that we're going to talk about in the future. But again, you know, because we know a lot of our listeners are very interested in the idea of playing college softball and want to try to help you navigate through this stuff. Because let's just be honest. There's too many ways to confuse yourself and, and uh, you know, kind of step in the bear trap if you don't know what some of this stuff means. And we just want to do the best we can to help you out. And Tori, a lot of people that I talk to as well, they're more afraid of making a mistake or doing something wrong. So that puts them in a position where they don't do anything. Right. Because they don't want to make that mistake. So yeah. this kind of gives them... Uh, I guess a little more comfort in, in reaching out at those points in time. And, right. Yeah. Because that's, that's what we're trying to do is add, is add a little bit of confidence and, yep. and a little bit of knowledge so we can do a better job of, of helping our players or helping ourselves get to where we want to go. So Don, that's going to take us to this week's Action Coach Coaching Tip of the Week. One of the things that I see all the time on social media and something that we've talked about in the past is how thankless, how painful coaching can be, how People don't respect coaches the way they used to. People second guess, people doubt, people you know, are always doing those kinds of things. And the uh, opportunity was, was brought to my attention this uh, last uh, week or so. 
that there's still a lot of reasons why coaching is a fun thing, a great thing, and an important thing to be doing. And so I wanted to talk about an email that I got, which I think kind of sums up something that I think all coaches need to kind of remind themselves of, that no matter how frustrating or how aggravating or how disappointing or how thankless coaching a team can feel from time to time, that there's still times where people are certainly appreciating and, and noticing and, and paying attention to what you're doing in a positive light. And so I got this email. Um, someone wanted to talk about their coach. Coach Donald Smith coaches a team called the ETX Mafia. Coach Smith is one of those uh, dedicated coaches that's spending countless hours you know, coaching the kids, does not have a kid on the team. One of those things that uh, the, there are players that and, and parents that are noticing the selflessness and uh, you know, how much time he's, you know, devoting to their kids just because he loves the game and wants to share, Yeah, you know, and that he's not just trying to create the better softball players, but better people, you know, empowering them and and treating them. Good message. All that stuff. And so, you know, I wanted us to talk about, you know, because, you know, Coach Smith is coaching two different teams, an 8U team and a 10U team. And for anybody that's been around the really young teams, (laughs) we already know that that's a has different challenges. Uh, yeah, it's an opportunity to you know test your patience and 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 your uh, commitment to coaching to begin with. But to me, I just wanted us to use that as an example that you know Coach Smith's situation is pretty clear cut that he's making a difference that people are paying attention. And I'm sure just like everybody else, that there are times that I'm sure he's riding home from a bad practice or a bad game or a tournament, going, "Oh man, what am I doing? I can't believe this. You know, all this stuff is going wrong." Kind of stuff that just is an everyday part of coaching. And I think it's important for us to to highlight the fact that, you know, that there's so many positives and so many great things that can come out of it that we have to make sure that we're paying attention when that happens. And we have to appreciate the fact that, you know, that there are parents and players that really do love and appreciate their coaches. And, and we have to, I guess, shine a light on that a little bit more often because I think we spend so much time talking about, you know, poor coach, always getting abused, poor coach, nobody, try, you know, nobody likes them, no, nobody appreciates them, that kind of thing. And to me, I think it was fun just to read such a glowing recommendation and, and discussion about you know, Coach Donald Smith, the ETX Mafia. Obviously, there's a lot of other coaches out there that fit the same bill. But I just thought it was kind of a, a neat opportunity heading into the holidays to remind our, our coaches that you are appreciated, that people do know that you're doing a good job, and maybe to remind some of our parents, players, and, and other people involved that a little thank you once in a while, a little goes you know, a long appreciation way. goes a long way, you know, and especially, you know, to me, I think you know, if, uh, let's say a team is really struggling, things have not been going well, you're sitting in the stands and you hear other parents grumbling, but you disagree. I'm not saying that you have to stand up and, and defend the coach or whatever, but you know, just a little quick text have to some. the coach saying, Hey, you know, I know it was a rough weekend, but I really do appreciate all your work. You know, I know you're, you're doing everything you can, you know, you know, keep, you know, keep fighting the good fight. My daughter loves playing for you and, and really appreciates all that you do. Those kinds of messages, I think, would go a long way and something that we want to make sure that more people are doing. Tori, I'm glad you're saying it because I do think that they are underappreciated. But here, here's the kicker. I think that uh, down the road and as people get older and, and move along, they're going to understand what it was that whoever it was did for us You know, way back when. It's like, wow, they did a lot to, yeah. to make all that stuff happen. So I think, uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's it's later down the road. So uh, the message that you're sharing right now, I think, is really good because 
what better time than while it's happening right to be appreciative of those things because it's not easy it's hard yeah and the phone calls and the organization and the planning and the being there all the time and all these things especially for someone that doesn't have a, a kid in the mix so right that's awesome i love yeah. it and, and we just want coaches to know that people do appreciate you no matter how dark it might seem we know, that day yeah. there's still people that know that you're doing a great job and you know, unfortunately, you know, the 10% rule about, you know, 10% of the people cause, you know, 90% of the problems. You know, that's usually mm -hmm. true. Unfortunately, I, 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 I'm hoping that this is an example for that 90% that's really happy with what the coach is doing. Let's do more to let sh let the coach know that you really do right. appreciate what so, they're doing. Yeah. No, I know somebody said you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Which one are you? Right. And I was like, what? Yeah. Or, or if, yeah. You, if you look around the room and you can't tell who's the jerk, it might be you. Right. Yeah. So all that stuff. So that's going to wrap up number 298. Want to say thank you very much to our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, Magic Mind, Bidinger and Styles, DDS. Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power Products, and Action Coach. Please become a patron if you can, patreon.com slash everything fast pitch again for uh, episode 300 coming up here in just a bit. We're going to be doing some giveaways to say thank you to our patrons. Um, and again, uh, go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you have questions, comments, ideas, or suggestions, contact us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com, fastpitchprep at gmail.com, and go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs. You have access to the YouTube channel and the blog post. There's tons and tons of information on the website. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.